Enduro Method is an online strength and conditioning program built for those who ride by those who ride. We are professional coaches dedicated to building the best and most revolutionary off and on the bike training for dirt bikers around. Enduro Method offers a monthly subscription, which gives you access to our ongoing current training program. By subscribing to Enduro Method, you receive our Iron Track, which is for those who have a gym or gym equipment, and our Gravity Track for those with minimal to no equipment. We design our training for riders who want to keep their general physical preparedness in top form year-round. We also offer more specific training plans that you can purchase anytime. We have built an eight-week hard enduro training plan designed to get you ready to race with structured off and on-the-bike workouts, all in a comprehensive eight-week plan. If you are interested in joining the monthly Enduro Method training subscription, we are offering a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use discount code EMPODCAST23 in all caps for 50% off your first month of training. See the show notes where you can find discount codes and a link for more information and to sign up for Enduro Method. And now, on to the show. All right, today on the show, joined with Jared Lamb. He's a professional U.S. hard enduro, well, not just U.S., but professional hard enduro <laughs> rider. Um, Jared, if you want to start, maybe give a little background on you, um, kind of riding history and bring us up to present. Yeah, for sure. First of all, thanks for having me on, Josh. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of riding history, um, I was fortunate enough where I kind of grew up around it. My dad was into motorbikes, so I was introduced from a really young age. Got my first bike when I was, I want to say I was like two or three. Couldn't ride it for a bit. It was too small, but it was a little PW50. I would just kind of ride around the pits. And uh, my dad was um, into motocross. So we'd go to like, it was just what we did on, on a weekend as kind of a family. We'd go to like some of the local motocross races, go watch my dad race. Um, all of his brothers were into it as well. He's got three, three brothers that all rode. And so me and my brother just kind of grew up around it and just started loving bikes from a really young age. Um, first started racing when I was about eight years old on a KX65. I'm in the schoolboy class and just motocross races. And it was just, just like for fun, just on the weekend and did that for, for a lot of years um, until I was about um, 18 and got to like a fairly decent level but just just like club stuff was um started riding in the adult classes when I was about 16 like b class and then moved up into the a class and was just having fun with it and then when I was 19 uh moved away from home and went and did, did some traveling for a bit I went and lived in Australia for a couple of years um and so kind of stopped riding at that point for a bit and then <clears throat> it wasn't until a few years later we moved to um i met Haley, who's now my wife um and we we lived in england for a bit and then we decided to move over to hawaii and then that's kind of when i got back into to dirt bikes and really hawaii is where i started um racing like more and more competitively and um 
that was the first time getting into enduro as well up to that point i'd done motocross um and i'd done a bit of trials as well but i've um, never done enduro so hawaii was kind of the the birthplace of that for me nice when you were riding motocross and trials was it um just because you hadn't been introduced to enduro or you like was it also part of it was just easier access to to tracks and stuff like that for areas to ride yeah it was mostly just because i'd never been introduced to it my dad was um it was actually funny i was just talking to him about this when we um were together over last month but he was just into motocross that was his thing um and he was he was actually just saying he, he tried i think one enduro um this was probably like back in the 90s or something and he tried an enduro and he just thought it was like the worst thing ever he's like oh, i don't want to do this <laughs> he loves it now he actually has a, a beta 300 and does a bit as well but um yeah it was probably more so just like my friends my like the people i was around weren't doing it so i just didn't really never really crossed my mind i always thought it looked a bit weird riding a bike with a headlight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just like yeah just um I guess when I was younger, I thought thought that motocross was a lot cooler. I'm the opposite now. Yeah. Enduro is way cooler, but yeah, it's probably more so just that. And then in England as well, there is, it's, I think enduro, it, it's popular over there, but it's more like on private land. And so most of the stuff you do is events. And so I think motocross might be, um, just for like your everyday person might be even more popular in England than it is over here. Cause I mean, in America, you can, a lot of people just trail ride, right? Like you can ride where you want. And that's right. what a lot of the, um, like the free stuff, the easy accessible stuff to do over here is like trail riding as opposed to a track. Um, but in England, it's kind of like sixes, like either way, you're usually riding on private property. So huh. that probably played a part as well. Yeah. I know growing up, at least on the west coast for sure like you kind of take it for granted all the accessible trails and yeah you know, just kind of ride wherever idaho montana and yeah it's pretty pretty cool but then yeah. you know you go east coast and everything there's a lot of private land and yeah yeah it definitely changes accessibility and um yeah it makes it a little bit more challenging i'm sure yeah for sure um, what was Hawaii like for you when you were there? What what kind of got you back into the enduro, or not back into, but into the enduro for the first time? Yeah, so I actually so I moved there for university. That's why I was we were in Hawaii in the first place, and um, didn't really like. I was riding at the time a little bit, like when I would go back home. Um, like my dad has always had bikes, so I'd go out and and ride still and was still into mountain biking and stuff but when we moved to Hawaii I was like all about surfing that was like my my uh my thing for a bit um so yeah I was just studying surfing every day or as much as I could and then um it's actually a funny story one of my he's one of my good friends now Braden lived right across the road from us in Hawaii and we were both married he was married and we lived in like uh it was like the university housing um married housing like some really small like studio apartment and um i'm outside one day i think working on my car or something he sees i'm wearing like a fox like motocross shirt like just a has the fox logo on it 
and he's like asking me about it like oh do you ride or just like the the brander or whatever and then we start chatting and he's like oh you should come check this out and so we go inside of his um his little studio apartments like the size of a shoebox where him and his wife live and he just has this like rm250 sat like at the end of his uh <laughs> there in his living room and um he's like yeah i just picked this up and he's like we're talking we're chatting about it and he's like oh you should come try come come give it a go and so I think the first day we just we just pulled it out onto the street and he let me fire it up and rode it up and down the street and I was like man I gotta I gotta get a bike again just like just that feeling of um of opening the throttle and riding and so kind of developed from there we Braden was nice enough. We went out to the track one weekend and kind of rode. I didn't even know there was a track in Hawaii. I didn't, I didn't like move in there. I had no idea that people rode dirt bikes over there. I just didn't really cross my mind. Um, but yeah, we ended up going to the track and, and, and rode his bike for a bit and kind of just decided, man, I need to, to get another bike. So convinced the wife to to, to let me get one and <laughs> we were like broke at the time broke students I went out and bought a there's a 2001 CR250 was my first bike over there and I paid like two and a half grand for it it was worth like twice as much as our car was at the time <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah just kind of and the intent was like I got the CR250 because I was like oh maybe I can because there's a, there's a pretty good motocross track over there as well over um on oahu it's actually where the the race was this year in juro fest same park um so yeah the intent was that i'd get the cr250 be able to ride um on the track but then also have like a two-stroke and it had an 18 inch rear rear wheel so i had like a um actually had a trials tire on when i got it and so i thought oh this is perfect i can do some some trail riding on and kind of experiment with that too and so that's kind of where the the enduro journey started for me. Nice. And then just taking that thing out and about and getting a feel for trails instead of track. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of it was weird at first because, it, like I said, I did trials for a few years, and so like riding that type of terrain was just associated it with a trials bike, and then like fast stuff you know you associate with the motocross bike so kind of combining the two and doing a bit of both was like was um definitely strange at first but I was just like immediately hooked um and then started finding out about all these like different trails in Hawaii and some of the local guys over there were like nice enough to to like show me around and show me some of the the hard stuff and be patient while I was dragging this bike up up <laughs> river and whatnot <laughs> um so yeah, and I just, and it felt like well, having that trials background and the motocross background, I felt like I had a pretty good foundation. So I picked it up pretty quick. And so it's always enjoyable when you feel like you can, um, you know, you feel like you've seen improvements and, and getting better and being able to push yourself. So yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So what was your first hard enduro race that you entered? Um, My first hard enduro race was... was in Hawaii, it was on the, 
was on the CR250. Um, I forgot what the name of the race was. But all I remember is it was pouring with rain. It like rained the whole night before. Um, and so it was soaking wet. I think it was a fairly short loop. I want to say like the X, like the, the A class, the fast guys were doing it in like, um, like 30 minutes or an hour or something. Um, and I think it was just as many laps as you could do. So I don't know if it was really called a, it was probably called like a hair scramble rather than a, than a hard enduro. Um, but yeah, that was the first one. I, I remember I had a, I think I had a motocross tire on with about 12 PSI in the back. Nice. I, I hadn't got the memo yet that that's <laughs> not the way to go. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was a struggle. I think I, I raced in the B class and I came, I think fourth place. I was like, just, just missed the, uh, third place podium. I was pretty good, but, yeah. um, but yeah, that was my first one. That was probably 2018. Okay. Yeah. And then did you stick with that bike for the next one or did you? I think I might've done, I think I did one or two races on that bike. And then my next bike after that was, I got in 2019. It was a KTM 300, 2016. And I actually got it from... Um, Kapili Olsen, who puts on Enduro Fest, his, I think it's his cousin or his nephew, lives right across the street from him. Um, but it was his bike, bought it used. And that was just like, first of all, just having an e-start, it was like the best yeah. thing ever. <laughs> that was a game changer. And then, um, yeah, it was just nice being on a, on a bike that was designed for Enduro and, and not motocross. Um, so yeah, and I actually bought it and then the week after um went over to Kauai to do that race over there. They do a, a big race every year on uh Labor Day in September. Um so got it and I think yeah, like a week later. I don't think I think I rode it once, like the night before, and then the, the next day I like threw some parts on it and took it down to the um to the shipping container and it got shipped off to Kauai and and went and risk why the week the week later uh, with your like during that time were you getting starting to get out and and ride ride trails and get training in because i mean when did you let's see it was i think it was 2019 right you did king of motos no that was uh 2021 20. oh 2021 that was the first year yeah okay was that your first race in the states yeah yeah that was my first race in the mainland yeah okay so you've just been doing stuff over there and getting more and more serious what during that time like what were you doing for riding or kind of quote-unquote training anything or were you just going out and riding hard the hard stuff that you could find yeah at that point like the first few years of like of doing trail it was just having fun like there's no no like structure or like training per se it was just getting out and riding and I was riding quite a lot um was lucky enough to where I lived like I could just ride right out of the back basically out of our backyard and one of my good friends uh Eli we would go he was um he also had a CR 250 at the same time as I did so we kind of bonded on that <laughs> and, uh, 
he uh he got I ended up getting the KTM about the same time as I did but he um yeah I'd ride with him a lot and we would like ride probably like two or three times a week so a decent amount but yeah it wasn't there was no structure it was just we were just going out and trying to find like difficult lines and just challenging each other to like hit hills or like weird steps and looking for for like um yeah like hard riverbed sections and whatnot and it was yeah just just for fun really yeah did that um just with like doing that where you're hitting sections or repeating the riverbed stuff was that just something you like was it just fun or were you new kind of from the trials background that that's a way to improve because I feel like for us at least for me like when I was kind of in that area yeah because of the vast network or the availability to drive three or four hours and find you know a whole new area of trail network like I spent so much more time getting like distance for the day instead of like zone like if I felt if I went and worked on something but it was only 10 miles in the day but it took me four hours I was always like that was that was stupid yeah Yeah. (laughs) like I gotta get 80 miles today or or whatever it is um so it's interesting because like just that difference of maybe having the trials experience knowing that like hey if I work sections like this is really good for skill building and technique and all that stuff yeah yeah 100 percent and I think at the time I didn't, I was riding like that where I just do a lot of sections. Um, but it wasn't, wasn't really like a conscious thing at the time. It was just like, that's what I thought that was like my idea of fun, yeah. especially like on a, doing like trialsy type stuff. That's just like probably, yeah, from the trials background, just that's kind of more like the, the trial style. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that with a lot, a lot of people, a lot of trail guys, um have more of that mindset of where it's like they want to cover distance like they just you ride one section and you ride it once like even if it's right. a hard one you would you know you try and get through it and then you'd be like sweet I got through it like what's next and you're just right. trying just trying to get as far as you can or do like a big loop or whatever um, right. but yeah I think um I've always kind of been the opposite where like I'll hit something hard and I'm like man I need to go try that and, and do it do it again but but do it better right um and that I don't know like in the beginning at least it wasn't really so much like oh I want to do it because I want to get better and I want to improve my skills like I just like I enjoy that I enjoy like hitting the same thing multiple times and trying to almost like perfect it or or like just um yeah just be able to 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 do it better than I did it the first time or the time before yeah definitely some probably some trials influence there yeah yeah I think yeah exactly the other thing like you find a hard section on the trail but it's literally like you paddle through it you push you do whatever yeah sweet it's done and move on to the next thing yeah so like the the opportunities where you could actually really make some progress on stuff gets kind of skipped over a lot of times yeah because usually usually the first time you hit something hard it's like even if you've done something similar like a hundred times before it's like you don't you don't get it you can usually get it better the second time usually yeah um, and the more you, obviously the more you repeat it the better you get and so I think that that helps because then if you're doing that if you're putting those reps in then when you do come across like the same section or similar types of sections like on other parts of the trail or on other days like you're you're more equipped and have the skill to just hit it better the first time so 
Yeah. yeah. I do think like one of the critiques on that is like the more you hit the exact same thing, the more you, you know, you get a little bit more efficient at it, you know, what's coming, all those things. But I don't really think there's actually a downside because all of that practice and knowledge of like, yeah, you know what it is and you can manipulate going in or put yourself in a better position. But then when you see something similar, that's different, you're still able to take all those those skills yeah. and awareness and like apply it to the next thing. Yeah, definitely. Try it definitely transfers over. Yeah. Well, from section to section. Yeah. Um, I was going to say too, like when you, you know, if you're on a trail ride and you do something, there's a hard section coming up exactly what you said. You most of the time you just, especially if you're in a group, you're just in survival mode. So you're like, you're not thinking what's like the best way or the cleanest, most efficient way to get up this. You're like, what's the kind of the most guaranteed way I'm going to get from A to B. Yeah. I think if you're like, if you just practicing something over and over, you can kind of take more chances and find out what works and what doesn't. Um, so you can, you know, kind of risk like failing altogether, knowing that you can go back and, and try it again. So right, I like that too. Yeah, push your push your limits a little bit by trying either a different line or yeah, um, different approaches and see what works and where you're at. Yeah, yeah. We were it was funny on last Sunday we did a little bit bigger of a trail ride and um, it was one of the like I went through this little creek and I mean it's like pretty good fun flowy quote unquote single track and but there was like a couple of rocks in the in the trail leading up out of the creek and I kind of saw it and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go over this rock, hold pressure. And then I'll bounce my front tire off this rock and then do this thing. And like completely lost traction on the first rock stuffed the front end in, <laughs> rock, like almost fell over sideways in the trail. And I'm just looking around like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, Great. So came over. So King of Motos 2021, first race in the States. And at this point, you'd move over? Yeah, it was kind of a weird um, sort of transition. So we were still, our home base was still in Hawaii in 2021. But we, uh, my job went remote because of COVID, which was super nice. And then at the time, Haley, um, my wife had, had started university as well. She decided to, to go back. Um, she had like a couple of years left. Um, and because of COVID, all of her classes were online as well. And so we, and she was still, she was still studying at a school in Hawaii, but she was just able to do it remotely. Um, so we just kind of had, I think originally before COVID, I wanted to do, you know, I've been hearing about the US Hard Enduro series and I was super keen to to give that a go and try and get to as many of those races as I could. And I thought I'd probably just kind of travel out to like a few of them from Hawaii um, while we were still like Haley was still in school and I my job was over there and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we just got this kind of an opportunity came up where we could live in Utah and do everything we needed to do um, from here. So we moved over I think in January of 2021 right before King of Motors and then ended up being in Utah for like most of that year nice yeah and with that year were you able to race the whole series yes yeah, so I did 
I did all of the West rounds that year. Okay. And then I did a couple of the East ones. I did Battle of the Goats in Tennessee. But yeah, I was able to hit all the West ones, which was nice. And then same in 22? No, 22, actually, we were... So 22, we, we moved back to Hawaii the end of 21, like September 21. And then 22, we were in Hawaii that whole year. Okay. And so it was a little bit more difficult um, to get out to the race. I actually only did one U.S. hard enduro that year, I think, just um, Silver Kings traveled over for that. And then I don't even think, I think there might have been maybe one Hawaii race that I did. Oh, I think it was, yeah, it was just a, there was a, did one Hawaii race, but it wasn't, wasn't even like a trail race. It was more of a, what do they call it? Oh, a TT. So it was like on the track, but with no jumps. Huh. Uh, yeah. They do quite a lot of those over there. They're pretty fun. A lot of the trail guys will go out for them because it's just, they use the motocross track, but they just take out all the big jumps. Yeah. It's actually really good for like it's good because it's uh fun going fast and then it's good practice for like the the hard enduro stuff like the you know the faster stuff the prologues and whatnot but yeah, yeah i did those in 22 nice yeah and 23 you made it back over yeah and then 23 this year we um came back to utah again the beginning of this year and then yeah i've been here since so got gotten out to a few more races this year yeah so did all the west and couple east this year i did um all of the west except texas didn't make it out of texas um and then i actually didn't hit any of the east this year i was hoping to but it was uh right before erzberg yeah and um there was a race I wanted to do in England before Erzberg, and I think that was actually the same week as like the the double header they did. The um, what was it the Keystone Challenge? Yeah, the um, shotgun and uh... yeah, shotgun and tough like Roar. There we yeah, go. that's the okay. one. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just the West ones this year. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, leading up to Erzberg. What uh has that been like on the on the docket for you for a while that you've been thinking about and just able to pull it off this year or yeah, yeah, it's been on the docket for a while for sure. Uh probably pretty much ever since I like since the CR250 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of dreaming about it. But um yeah, probably when I first got into Enduro is when I really started um like watching videos and you see stuff on YouTube and whatnot. I think I've heard about it like years and years ago, but just didn't really, I wasn't really paying much attention to Enduro at the time. Um, but then, yeah, probably, I thought I'd probably, I thought I'd actually do it a bit sooner, but then there was COVID and whatnot and um, slowed things down a bit. But yeah, it's definitely been on the, on the bucket list for the past several years. Yeah. I do. I feel like that was the first hard enduro I'd ever seen. Yeah. Like probably on YouTube or something. And it was back when like, uh, God, who was racing? It was Lenton Bickler and like, yeah. Um, God, who, of course Jarvis was there, but 
Yeah, I just remember looking at it. And part or of me Toddy. was that maybe Toddy was there as well. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because like part of me at the time who literally has just ridden a couple of trails, probably like, well, that's probably not that hard. Like, yeah, <laughs> right up there. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of the videos you see, it's just the hill climbs, like most of it. Right. A lot of the really hard stuff, like you, one, the camera never does it justice. So you, you just can't really, you don't get a sense. And then a lot of the hard stuff is in the forest too. So you're like, I was the same. Like you watch the video and you're like, oh yeah, how hard can it be? Just a few you know, wide open hill climbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So getting over there and like travel and logistics, what did that, uh, did it help having been over in England and like having any connections over there as far as just organizing and getting, getting situated, yeah. maybe knowing a little bit more of like how to go about the travel part? Yeah, for sure. It definitely, definitely helped having, um, having family over there of course all my my dad and um all my immediate family are still in England and so that was kind of like my home base for the race um so what I ended up doing was just um buying a bike out there I just got a gas gas EC 300 um and the timing of that was perfect too because it was like a little bit earlier this year when KTM and gas gas were doing their sale so like the bikes were a lot cheaper and it was the end of the kind of the end of the 23s yeah um, so i got a good deal on a bike and um i worked with a, a dealership over there triple d motorsport um, which is like a fairly local dealer dealer over in the lake district um and neil is the guy that owns it and he was just super helpful through the whole thing um heard about him through i think my dad was the one that originally heard about them that they were just kind of solid and reached out um and his son um his son's called Burtz and he's doing all of the he's doing the junior hard enduro championship this year oh nice and so he's been doing like all of those races he did Erzberg last year um so yeah it was a massive help having them kind of on my helping me out and, and kind of giving some mentorship in that first year there's like you don't you don't really see it but there's a lot that goes into it and just like the little just like little bits of advice and and um things they did to help made a made a huge difference and made it a lot easier so yeah that was big so yeah I, I ended up just buying a bike there and then um Neil helped me out with some parts and then I ended up taking quite a lot of parts over from here um took over I don't know if you've seen the, any of the pictures took over like a a pack of irc tires just check them as check baggage on a delta um and then just had like a case full of full of parts like skid plate and um discards and seat covers and all that type of stuff to try and make it the same as the bike over here yeah do you do any did you ship over any suspension or anything or do you just run stock yeah no i'm just on the uh just on the old stockers okay that's that's probably the i think maybe something i want to try and do the end of this year next year is uh some suspension work but yeah i'm actually still just fully stock um stock spring stock valving out of the box yeah it it would be nice to to have something especially for the um for like the prologue the 
the stock suspension on the gas on the KTM's gas gas has worked really well in like the slow stuff, but yeah, um, it definitely would have been nice to have it something for the uh, for the prologue. As well. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you so you did a race, you were able to do a race a week before Erzberg, was it? Yeah, it was two weeks before. Yeah, two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that was good prep. So what I, I ended up going, I flew out to England about three weeks, three and a half weeks before Erzberg. And um, got there. My dad had already done a lot of the bike, which was super nice. So like a lot of it was already ready. And then so got there, put some more parts on it and did, went out and was able to do a bit of testing, just like at some practice tracks that first week. And then that first weekend I was there, I went and did um edge off roads they call it last one standing i think it was one of the british call it the british extreme super series or something the best so it was one of those rounds so i went and did that and that was super nice just to like race test the bike and just make sure everything was set up and ended up being a really fun race as well so um yeah that that definitely helped with with getting everything with getting ready and feeling ready for especially bike wise yeah so then you had two weeks little recovery um just hanging out in between yeah yeah i did a bit of riding that week after um and then we actually left for Erzberg on the weekend before so i think we left on the sunday or the saturday night i think saturday night got got drove down um to dover <clears throat> got the ferry over to France and then drove from France over to Austria. Got there on Monday, I think. What's it like um, just being there and, you know, how many, I mean, how many bikes start the prologue? It's like 1500 or something, right? Yeah, I think it varies year to year, but yeah, I think usually around 1500. And then one bike every 30 seconds? Yeah. More yeah. or less on the start and it goes from 8 a.m. to however long it takes yeah <laughs> yeah i think 8 a.m i got a, um, i had a pretty bad number this last year i was like number 964 or something um so it was like i think 3 p.m by the time i went for my first run wow and then yeah they probably i'd imagine they maybe finished around five or something so yeah it's like all day just it's kind of cool you stand in the quarry and you can just see like little dust trails like weaving up the mine yeah. what do you what do you think like how much does that prologue course change over the course of the day does it pay to have a good yeah yeah definitely i think if you're ideally you want to be in that top 200 if you want to if you really want to get a fast time um it gets pretty clapped out like towards as it gets more and more people go through it in some ways it got easier because there's all these like I don't know if you've seen it on like the GoPro footage, but there's all these like chicane turns. Um, so like some of those, like the walls will start to break down on the side. And so you can almost like, like the line is more of a straight line instead of like a S turn on some of them. So like in some ways it gets faster, but then it's like you get holes that are like, you know, a foot, two feet deep and then have like exposed rocks and whatnot. And you're hitting them like fifth or sixth year pinned. I definitely get like the second day a lot of people get hurt I think at the prologue 
like all crashing because everyone's trying to obviously get go as fast as they can and I think a lot of the crashes are on the second day just because it's the track just gets so clapped out um and you just have like big old rocks on the side and yeah it gets sketchy yeah well I mean and it's one of those things if you look at the result times I mean tenths of a second are positions yeah yeah exactly like I think I, I ended up on the fourth row this year I was like number 153 they do rows of 50 and um yeah I was like a second one second off getting on the on the next row so like uh, literally literally like every and it's it's not like short like the um I want to say my time was like 11 minutes 40 or something like that like 11 minute mark but yeah even like a second two seconds can can be the difference between like 20 or 30 positions right so then you just replay in that prologue and every little corner bobble or yeah yeah and it's not like it's not like it's three minutes i mean it's 10 to you know 10 minutes plus yeah like that's pretty long time to be basically going as fast as you can to get the best start position you can yeah yeah it's it's wild honestly yeah i actually enjoyed it though it's it was kind of a maybe from the motocross background too but i enjoyed going fast and yeah you just yeah you just feel like when you get to the top it's just yeah you get a bit of a rush when you when you finish and you're still alive <laughs> <laughs> uh, so leading in you finish the prologue uh and is it the next so you do prologue one one day prologue two second day and yeah main race third day yeah so yeah the way they do it the friday you do your first prologue run um and then the saturday you get another run and it's just the same order i was hoping that like the second day that it would be adjusted based on your like time from the previous day yeah that's the other thing too is the track gets clapped out and then the other thing is when you're a low and when you're a higher number you end up being behind a lot of lap riders it's like both days i was past at least like six or seven people um which obviously costs you some time most people like nearly everyone actually was really nice about just like moving over to the side and like when they hear you come in it wasn't like like man i've done i actually did a race in utah this year i had a bit of ptsd i was pretty stressed leading up to the prologue because of this one race i did in utah it was like a time card enduro and um it was over in eagle mountain a lot of it's like really was fairly like one line and it was dusty and um like there was a few times and obviously you're racing against the clock you're not like racing each other and um like there's a few times i came up behind slower riders, and i usually try and be like pretty pretty polite if i can um but if they like if someone doesn't move over i'll just give them a, a little rev and there were some people that just like and most people were just like a, a nice and move up to the side but there was like a few hours stuck behind for like minutes uh, right? like and that, and then you're trying like force a pass and it starts getting dangerous and whatnot but so I was kind of worried that that would happen at Erzberg that I would get like stuck behind someone and it would kind of just like wreck me yeah. um, and would wouldn't wouldn't qualify very well but everyone was super nice and for the most part the track's pretty wide it's just like in all the chicane like the tight bits where you're going like through chicanes where it's difficult to make a pass. But um, I was lucky enough to where I came up to people like 
in a pretty good spot for the most part and they just let us pass but but yeah even then yeah I mean like like I said the seconds count so if you can be in like one of the higher rows like if I was especially for the like the guys that ride the pro class over here if they're gonna go over and do Erzberg um like in the future I would definitely reach out to them um I mean it's no guarantee they're going to give you a better number but if you tell them kind of like your riding ability and um if you're in the pro class or whatnot and ask if you can get a higher number even if it's in the top like three or four hundred I think that's probably a, a pretty big advantage so right that makes sense yeah so then second day you got your race number or you got your improved position start and then they do waves of 50 for the main race yes yeah yeah exactly so yeah they yeah the saturday is a second prologue and then yeah sunday is it's like it's weird it's uh i guess a little different to over here the start times are like 12 o'clock probably because half the riders are hung over from the night before <laughs> <laughs> No, but they, um, yeah, started a little later than than most races I've been to, and then yeah, waves at fifty, and I think I think they say it's supposed to be like a minute apart, but I think it was actually a little bit more than that. Like this year, I was looking because Graham Jarvis was on the second row this year, and I think um, it was like two or three minutes, I think, huh. until they set up the second row. So, but yeah. And then what's, I mean, most of what you see on like video, YouTube, like there's definitely some GoPro footage of the woods and stuff at Erzberger that, you know, in the trees, but a lot of it's the the big hill climbs and chaos and all that stuff. So what was it like um, from your start, like getting into the race? Yeah, the, the start is bonkers. It's just like flat out. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just, super fast um and i got i actually got a pretty good start i got some gopro footage i just need, need to put it up on on the old uh, youtube but um was probably like fifth or sixth off the start and then um managed to get before we got into the woods i think i was like first in my on my row um so that was really nice and then the roost is just no joke as well like that's one thing too if anyone's thinking of doing it highly recommend taking a chest protector um one for the prologue i actually I ended up borrowing some ones for the prologue but i just didn't i didn't like we never wear i never wear a chest protector over here so i just didn't even didn't really cross my mind um but yeah like the prologue <laughs> definitely felt like i needed it and then the main race um yeah just off the start the rocks are pretty brutal yeah uh, i was wearing my apple watch and uh and then i had my gopro on and both of them got smashed to bits my apple oh, really destroyed yeah <laughs> and uh and then my gopro luckily i had like uh the protective screen on the gopro um protected it so it was just all that that was broke but um and then yeah just like pebble dash all over my all over my chest <laughs> um but yeah, so that the, the start is is pretty nuts. It's fun though, just like flat out, and there's a couple of hill climbs, and then you go into the woods. Um, so I was in a pretty good position going into the woods. Um, but like I, I was coming off the fourth row, and so yeah, it was like 
maybe 150 riders in front. So by the time I got into the woods, there was already like a fair few bottlenecks, um, right? Like on the first section, um, got around the first few, like pretty well. Um, so I think it actually plucked me like on the first checkpoint, I would, I was already in, um, like the top hundred, I think. So I was able to get around a few people in the in the first few sections, um, and then yeah, and you go off do some more stuff in the woods, and then maybe I think around like the third checkpoint or fourth checkpoint, like the bottlenecks, that's when they start getting pretty bad. Um, and it, it's tricky because it's it was wet that year; it had been raining a lot, and so it was slippery. And a lot of the stuff in the woods is just one line. Um, so like one guy makes a mistake and then it just, it, it piles up pretty quick. And then like Erzberg as well, the, the problem with the bottlenecks is you'll get a bottleneck and then no one wants to wait in line. So everyone just pushes to the front. And so what happens is you'll have this, like it might be a hill climb uh, one guy gets stuck and then the, the bottleneck starts to form and instead of like leaving space people will start just pushing in and so like by the time you hit it like you have guys that are trying to hit like a hill climb with like absolutely no run-up because everyone's just cramming in and trying to get in and so then they get stuck and then yeah it just uh it honestly is it's it's kind of crazy it's like a war zone out there like everyone's just I think if, I was talking to a few people like before the race and they were like, yeah, just like no one's your friend out there. Just it's every man for himself. <laughs> and that's really like what it feels like. Everyone's just like, just wants to, yeah, to just go for it. So, um, but yeah, so there was a, like one big bottleneck that kind of, I lost a lot of time on. And then after that, I was pretty smooth sailing. Um, and then, I think right before checkpoint 18, I came to another bottleneck and that was a pretty big one. It was like a, so like, it was pretty gnarly. It was like up this rocky, you might've seen it. I think even some of the pros were struggling on it. Um, but it was like up this rocky section and we were there for, it was close to an hour that I was sat there waiting in that bottleneck. Um, wow. So and there wasn't really much you could do like there was only really one line there wasn't like a way to go around it so and that's just where like your start is just everything like being right. trying to be on like the first or second row and then um just like getting through the pack once you're like even for the i think even for the pros they were like waiting in some bottlenecks like the top i heard outside the top 25 like even the top 50 were hmm. were getting held up quite a bit so right and that's also, I mean, sounds like it could be condition dependent. If it's dry, yeah. <clears throat> some of that stuff, it'd probably just be a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a wet year. Get rain a lot that week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so overall experience there, is it something you'd do again, want to do again? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things you can't just do it once. You have to, you have to go back again as well. But yeah, just the whole... I mean, it's funny because I would say that like the race itself is maybe like in all honesty, it might not be the, the best race 
like ever like i think like silver kings this couple of week like weekends ago like the actual racing experience the cars and whatnot might have been more fun but the whole experience just being there like the mind the atmosphere the fans are just like wild um and then it's just such an icon isn't it in the spot so like right just there and being able to experience it and then and then not not to take away from the cost too it is super fun like the hill climbs are just unreal like some of the longest hill climbs i've done um just so fun and then the stuff in the woods is fun um there's definitely some drawbacks like the bottlenecks is, is a big one and i could see a lot of people not really liking the prologues it's just so flat out um yeah. that's not what we're used to but if you can kind of get past that and just kind of have the expectation that if you're not in the first couple of rows you're probably going to be sat in some queues then um i would definitely yeah i definitely recommend everyone at least try it yeah. even if it's just to go watch like it's just yeah unreal being there yeah real venue what other um races like on the west do you have any more on the west series that you're interested in doing yeah um i'd love to do romaniacs um was actually supposed to do it this year but um kind of wasn't in the cards this year but um hopefully next year I'll get out to do that one um serbia i heard is really fun wouldn't mind trying that at some point yeah that looked really cool just yeah stuff i've seen yeah everyone i've spoke to said that one was mega so i'd love to get out to that one um abastoni looked like a cool one too but i don't know if that's gonna if they're gonna keep doing that one or not and then i mean honestly it'd be fun i don't know if this will ever happen but to do like a full like a full series of the world rounds would be super fun just go yeah. out to the different countries but yeah it's uh it's not cheap so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah those are probably the big ones like Erzberg, i'll definitely do i want to do Erzberg again next year for sure um especially now that like i've i felt like i learned i felt pretty well prepared this year especially with the help from from neil and triple d and and Bert and all them but um but like there's still just stuff that you learn from experience um that i think will help a lot for next year so definitely like to go have another crack at it and see if i can get a bit further than i did this year yeah uh, and then yeah romaniacs is definitely <clears throat> definitely on the on the bucket list as well yeah yeah i feel like any of that stuff like if you've never traveled and raced like that there's going to be a learning curve and having the expectation of you know not every it's hard because it is a big expense it's a big time away from work or family and yeah um so there's a little bit of this expectation <laughs> of like a bucket list or and maybe it is just a one and done thing but if you if you plan on doing it multiple times like having that expectation of yeah it's gonna be fun i'm gonna you know obviously do the best i can but also knowing that shit's not going to go perfect yeah be hiccups like you might not have the best race of your life like all those other things and and using that as like a stepping stone and just kind of accepting it as the experience it is and not putting trying to pile on all these expectations yeah <clears throat> yeah for sure 100 yeah what did you um having done that one and then with the races here in the states you were able to do this year 
what was your what was your thought i mean you kind of mentioned you know silver kings which we both did a couple weeks ago which was awesome um how the other courses you feel um maybe not stack up i mean they're so different right but yeah like just the series in general in the u.s how that's grown yeah the series in the u.s is has um like really come a long way i think even just since 2021 um like the races just keep getting better and better every year the organizers i feel like just uh like constantly just improving improving the way things are run and and um like the relationships with the promoters and whatnot and just um yeah it's really cool to see the growth of the sport over here um so yeah, I, this year I got to go do most of the West rounds. Um, so I started at King of Motors, which I'd, I'd done that um, back in 2021. So it was my second time there. And then same with Grinding Stone. Um, and then Hawaii, which was super cool. It was awesome to see Hawaii on the calendar this year. Um, I think that was a, a big step for the series as well. And hopefully that will stick around for a long time. But um and then of course um silver kings a few weeks ago was a was a mega event too so yeah it's awesome to see to see kind of these big races and and how they're like continuing to grow and get better um in terms of how it compares to us but it's so it's so like difficult to to compare it but i would say of course Erzberg is is bigger in the sense that it's you know, it's been around for a long time and, and in terms of like the fans um, the amount of people that you get there and um, and just the whole hype around it is, is, is uh, maybe bigger than some of the rounds over here. But I think having said that, like Grinding Stone, all those rounds, Grinding Stone, Hawaii, King of Motors, they all have the potential, I think, to be like an Erzberg, um, Silver Kings as well. Like I could see all of those potentially being like world championship rounds um so yeah it's cool to to see that that progression in in the u.s and i hope it continues to to keep growing over the next few years which i'm sure it will but yeah it just seems like oh yeah same thing the progression uh matt and josh and they're just yeah crushing it and um you know more and more people are showing up and getting into the sport and yeah yeah, it's cool to see the events, the promoters and the race directors and stuff are just yeah, putting together yeah. better and better courses. Yeah, 100%. I think they're definitely, yeah, taking steps in the right direction. Like the something I've noticed this year that's been I've been impressed with is like catering for people, like for all abilities, um, which honestly, like Erzberg is not the best for. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like you have the prologue which everyone does the same prologue flat out and then the main race is just one big course right so like if you're if you're a c-class rider or like a slow b-class rider or a b-class rider you probably i don't know if Erzberg would be like the most fun race like you might get to like the first few checkpoints but maybe not much beyond that so it's it's cool to see like the races over here the promoters and the cost directors like Josh and like I said, all those guys are making it so that it's fun for everybody. So that there's like, everyone can go and have like a good race and 
a course that's set out for them. So I think that's like being really big. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like that's what's like, that's what's going to grow the spot is like welcoming new people in and making it like accessible for, for all abilities, not just like the, the A-class riders or the pros or whatever. Um, and then the other thing too, which I think has been good this year is just the spectating. I think is they're putting more effort and emphasis on that. And I think that needs to continue if the sport's going to grow. Um, I think hard enduro is, it's a tricky one in it. It's not the best. It's not like supercross or like even motocross. It's not the best spectator sport really, but right. just by nature, because just the nature of the courses and whatnot, but like grinding stone this year, I thought they did an amazing job. Um, Silver Kings, I could tell put in a lot of effort, like having the spectator maps and it wasn't perfect, but, like it's it's definitely getting a lot better so yeah that will help as well in the future yeah yeah i think having the the different courses is pretty pretty key or or arranging it in like a knockout format or something to where you know as you you know if you're good enough to make it further you can ride it kind of thing but then still making sure that everybody that shows up has a great time and yeah you know fun out there and and it's not so over your head that you're getting into situations that are potentially dangerous or um, where you're just out breaking parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's on the docket for you for the rest of the season? I mean, it's what, mid July basically, which is crazy. Yeah. It's gone fast, hasn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, this year, the rest of this year, um, hopefully doing enduro cross this year um so gonna start preparing for that and actually i haven't really spent so i did one enduro cross race it was in back in 2021 the juab one in utah okay that was my first ever time on an enduro cross track uh super fun and then haven't ridden a track since then until the street rhythm that was like my second time doing <laughs> unlike uh, any type of enduro cross track um yeah. I guess apart from like the ones that have been like, you know, sometimes they have it like at Silver Kings, that's in, it's at the start of the race or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I actually quite enjoyed the street rhythm. Um, just, yeah, kind of enjoy that, that, um, just the obstacles and the, the, um, I mean, street rhythm was a bit different, but the enduro across like the short races, like the five, five minute races, I think is, is is appealing to me um and so yeah hoping to do that this year i'm going to start um kind of training for that here soon and then get ready for that and then i don't think there's many we're, we're hoping to go to england this year back to england with my uh my wife and, and noah um and so probably do a couple of races over there as well um I don't know if there's going to be many hard enduros like over the summer, but hopefully do like some classic enduros and do get some trials in and whatnot and awesome. rise as much as I can over there. Yeah. Um, are you sticking on the 300? Are you going to go 350 for enduro? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the old two smoker. Yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would, um, I wouldn't mind having to go to the, the four stroke seems like that's kind of the go-to right in enduro cross but i mean johnny did pretty well on his johnny's johnny but he he did well in his two stroke so 
yeah give it a go nice um great with your work uh work schedule so you're full-time worker yeah i'm family man plus more or less full-time pro how do you go about trying to manage balance training life family work and all that stuff yeah yeah it's hectic for sure just uh, a lot of a lot of prioritizing i'm super fortunate because um just being able to work remotely has has been really big um so that's definitely helped out a lot and um my job is they're really they're really good too about being flexible in in terms of like um being being able to take time off when i need it like when i was in Erzberg, like over in europe being able to take time off and then um it's actually kind of nice i'm working on hawaii time at the moment so like my my work day doesn't start until later in the day so that that somewhat helps because it means i can go ride in the morning um go ride and train in the morning um and then other than that just having like a really supportive Haley's just been super supportive too and as um yeah has just has just helped a lot and is um kind of she, she'll even come to the races and and is like involved with it so that that's been a big help and then um like in terms of family life we try and do as much stuff as we can together so like you'll notice like a lot of the times Noah will come to the we'll bring Noah to the races and Haley will come and it's kind of like a family thing for us so it's been fun and and Noah loves it he's uh he he'll be four this year so he's still really young but he's uh he just loves being at the races and being around bikes and so it's kind of been fun um in that respect but I think at the end of the day it's just yeah just prioritizing time just trying to cut out things like that um and and just yeah just focus on what's more important like finding time for family but then still being able to to train and ride and <clears throat> it's not like before we had Noah when it was just Haley and I like I could go ride on like a Saturday and I would be gone like all day and, like that doesn't happen as much anymore like usually it's just like you get to go out for like two or three hours and and try and kind of use the time efficiently right uh, and then yeah like I said I'll 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 go like mountain biking and stuff with Noah and try and like combine stuff too to to make the most of time and whatnot but yeah definitely blessed like to be in the position be able to because I enjoy working too like I, I love my job um and and really like I'm riding dirt bikes um like in the pro class at a professional level but it's not I'm not getting it's not like my full-time job so right part for me to still focus on work and advancing in the career there so that I can afford to to go race on the weekend <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that's that's the hard part for a lot of people like i i know for me too like the because i just like i love the progress i want to get better um i don't get paid anything to do it in fact it's fairly costly <laughs> you know? and then you know that's how it is and that's but i enjoy doing it yeah I've just found I've cut out so many other things that used to kind of fill up time that they don't 
you know, it's not that they're not fun or enjoyable, but they're less fun and enjoyable than going out and suffering or yeah, working on skills and stuff. So it's just felt like over the last year, especially it's like aligned more to just focus on work when I'm working and then go train and ride. Yeah. And that's like way more fun than, I don't know, doing the other yeah. stuff that used to just kind of eat up time throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fully with you there. Even stuff like in, um, like I said, like when I was in Hawaii, I was like surfing a lot at one point when I first started riding, I was like surfing and riding. And then it kind of got to a point where I was like, man, I love, like, I love surfing. Um, I was never any good at it. I'm still rubbish, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's super fun. And it got to a point even with that, where I'm like, it's fun. It's, it is fun to go surfing, but at the same time, it's like eating into my time to go ride. And you get to the point where you like, there's things like that, where you kind of have to pick and choose between the two. And at the end of the day, I'd rather, like, it's more fun for me. I get more satisfaction from going and riding my bike and progressing in that area. So, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I tend to, like, focus in on stuff because it's, like, I like doing a lot of different things, but I also like doing certain things well. Yeah. And then once I get stuck on something, like... I don't enjoy the other things anymore because I'm not going to stop doing the thing I want to do. And I, and if I want to do this other thing, I'm going to want to do it well. So then I'm going to have to like shift focus into that. And it's yeah. no, no time. Like it's stupid as hell, but we, you know, live in Driggs, Idaho. So we have three months of summer and yeah, nine months or <laughs> eight months, you know, whatever of winter. And everybody's like, oh, you got a snow machine. I'm like, I want zero. To, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> a whole nother sport that I'm going to start at poor. And as soon as I start, I'm going to see all these people who are good and then start chasing. You don't <laughs> want to do that. And that's going to take away from one to dirt bike trials. And it's like, yeah, not yet. Yeah. Maybe in five years or whatever. But you got to let this thing run its course for a while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think as long as you're having fun doing whatever you're doing, like if, yeah, if the, the dirt bikes is, is what's kind of bringing you the most joy, then I totally agree. Like just focusing in on one thing, I, that's what I personally prefer. And I like what you said, it's, yeah, it's, it's satisfying to kind of excel and be able to put all your energy into, into becoming good at one thing. So, yeah, for sure. Well, um, are you doing um, Donner? No, probably not. I think we're um, we're hoping to be in England for like most of um, most of August and the, the beginning of September. So I think um, I don't think we'll be back in time. So fortunately, not. I did I did Donner in twenty one. It was super fun. Good race. Yeah, um, and I heard last year was even better. So, yeah, I didn't get to do twenty one, but I did last year, and it was super fun. Yeah, I'm a little bit less stoked on it just because of the. I think it's going to be dry. As shit. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a little dusty out there, doesn't it? Yeah, but who knows? I mean, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll rain. Um, I think we're going. I'm not positive yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, if we were here, if we were here, I'd probably do it. Yeah. I say that and I'll probably end up going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you going to try and do any other, um, you mentioned a couple like XC style stuff maybe over there, but are you going to try and do any trial stuff? In England? Yeah. Trials? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My, uh, my old man has a Montessa uh, 4RT, so definitely get out and do a bit of riding um that's the one thing that's so nice about england is there's so many events like you can um there's like a trial on pretty much every weekend <laughs> within like an hour or two drive that's cool so yeah super nice i'll probably i don't know yeah i don't know what the what what events are planned for when we're going to be there but um definitely at least go out and do some practicing on the trials bike and yeah hopefully get out to a few few different trials it's not as pop trials is not as popular in the summer over there it's more of like a winter spot but they still there's still always stuff going on so um yeah probably do a bit of that and um yeah try and get out on the big bike maybe do a bit of motocross as well throw some of that in there yeah <laughs> yeah get ready for that enduro cross season yeah, <laughs> you gotta learn how to learn how to jump again. Yeah, jump logs. Yeah, it's a little, a little different when the, yeah, there's a log on top of the jump or a tire or something. But yeah, you're gonna have to get off that stock suspension for that stuff, won't you? Yeah, no, that's what people keep saying. Yeah, I have to figure something out. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my my uh, my goal for over the next couple of months see i get some better suspension yeah well what do you i mean even um because you're what 190 yeah 190 190 i would think that stock's pretty soft yeah even like i I would imagine even just by doing springs you you'd find some yeah i think you're right um yeah yeah, the suspension, like the stock suspension, it's it works pretty well, but it just um it is super soft, like it blows through the stroke so quickly. Um but you can basically drop off like a two-foot drop and it's like bottoming out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely not ideal. But um yeah, so if I could I might yeah, I think I'm gonna reach out to some people and see if see like what what they recommend and maybe maybe try and do something um at least maybe do like get like a hard enduro setup that might work a little bit better for enduro across where it's like where you can yeah Yeah. run your clickers the other way and see what happens or something exactly yeah yeah you just get like a bit a little bit more bottom bottom and resistance or something but yeah have to figure something out (laughs) awesome well Yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, anything else you want to mention or uh, you can think of we didn't cover? I got, yeah, Hardenduro Series, Erzberg, Romaniacs on the docket. Um, maybe Serbia. That one looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, it's further, like in terms of driving from England, it's a little bit, it's like a little bit further, but, um, 
if I could if I could get there next year, that would be how far is it? Um I want to say it's like a 20 something hour drive from oh, wow. from yeah. Osberg was I think Osberg was like 18 hours, just shy of okay. and I think Serbia might be like 26, something like that. Ooh. I had to guess. That's a hard I could be totally off there, but <laughs> not as far as I think Romania is even further when I was looking at that. It was a oh, really? long drive, yeah. But I guess the other option is renting a bike, but then it just gets expensive, doesn't it? And I don't I don't really love uh I've never it's difficult jumping on this on a strange bike and racing, I think. I prefer to have my own stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like well, I'm always curious. <clears throat> I know I've had friends that have, you know, done Romaniax and they'll basically just ship handlebars, suspension. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. So you're rent a bike and then put all your stuff on it. Um I think they've had decent success with that. Yeah. But yeah, jumping on a foreign bike in unknown condition. Yeah. <laughs> going out and racing is hard. Yeah. I suppose if it's a reputable company and you know that the bike hasn't been hammered. And like you said, if you can take your suspension and bars and all that type of stuff, then. I don't know. I'm pretty picky though when it comes to a bike. Like even if something like even if the levers are different, or just like little things, um, kind of throw me off a bit. I I like it, kind yeah. of what I'm used to. But no, it makes it makes sense. I mean, <clears throat> even switching a bike on the trail with a buddy, like it's always yeah, it always takes you a bit to get used yeah. to it. Grips, yeah. handlebar levers. Yeah. Position, yeah, it's, it changes. Pegs are different, feels different. Yeah. 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 All makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. You bet. And uh yeah, best of luck to you on the rest of the season and see you at the next one. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. You bet. <laughs>